most business people would say, well, when are you going to start making the money? But what I wanted to do was build that credibility and trust with people before trying to say, hey, look, this is what I have for you. Um, so it, I find that that's worked a lot better for right. the Set Your Mark brand. You're listening to episode 157 of the Biz Women Rock podcast. Woo! Did I sound a little too excited on that one? That's all right. We'll keep it. What's going on, ladies? Welcome to the Biz Women Rock podcast. I'm your host, Katie Kremitzos, and I am bringing you tremendous stories from business women all over the world in all sorts of different industries so they can talk about their business journey so yours can be inspired by it. Before we get rolling, here's a little word from our awesome sponsor. You know I always love the stories behind great businesses. Postcard Mania started as a one-woman show and has flourished into a marketing empire. Why? Because they produce results for their clients. Small business owners, just like you and me, all over the globe who look to them for support in direct mail marketing, email marketing, Google pay-per-click, and so much more. And guess what? You can get a 1,000 free postcards today when you go to postcardmania.com forward slash bizwomenrock. Debbie Hockley is my guest today, and she started a company called Set Your Mark Enterprises. Um, The best way to describe this company is the fact that it provides high-level education and guidance for women who are looking to bridge the gap between graduating a university and getting a job out in the job force or starting their own business. She provides education that allows them to figure out exactly what their dreams are, what they want to go for, and helps them actually achieve a lot of those things, create really good resumes. Um, because she found that people were kind of shooting low once they graduated and just kind of going and getting a job in any job. So uh, she created something really special. And, And the vantage point that I love about this conversation is that it really pinpoints Debbie at a very young point in this business. There's so much potential for what she has started, and I'm really excited for you to hear that. So in this conversation, we really dig into how she sets a budget, Um, how she organizes herself for doing two major events throughout the year, um, and some of the ancillary um, products and services that she has that um, also really feed into the main business. She's a really awesome woman, and you're going to love this. So let's go. Miss Debbie, what's going on? I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to Biz Women Rock Girl. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here with you from Oxford, England. Woo, woo, woo. And it's a lot colder (laughs) there right now is what we've already established. (laughs) Oh, yes. It's absolutely freezing. I mean, it was a lot warmer today than it was two days ago. Oh, man. So, but it's still cold. Jeez. Yeah. I can't yeah. even imagine. I'm like, I grew up in Arizona in like the Southwest. So I'm like a desert baby who now lives like in the beaches. And um, yeah, oh. so I'm I'm very, very spoiled, but I have no, like put me in cold weather and I, I literally have no idea what to do. 
<laughs> oh yeah, you will not know what to do here. I mean, we get the cold weather and the rain Oof. and the wind at oh, the same yeah. time. So it's not that interesting. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm sure that that gives you a good environment to be focused on work yes. stuff. So let's yeah. dig into that. Um, I'm really, when I was doing my research about Set Your Mark, I mm-hmm. I got really excited about what you've created and um, kind of like what you're doing to sort of give back to the world, which I just thought, I just love what you're doing. So um, oh, thank you. can you can you give us a little bit of a background story as to why you got interested in this as a topic and kind of like where this idea kind of sprang from? Yeah, sure. I mean, um, before the idea came uh, about, I was working at the University of Oxford as a graduate studies administrator and I basically looked after graduate students in about six departments and every so often you find graduates are kind of they're very different from I don't know how you call them in the USA undergraduate students Mm -hmm. and they're mostly alone you know studying by themselves so they would just pop in and just have a chat with me every so often and one thing I found was before they would submit their final um, dissertation or thesis, they would say, you know what, Debbie, I'm so excited about graduating, but I don't know if I'll find a job or if I'll find a job in my area of study. And I typically found this amongst my female students. Um, A lot of them feared going into the male-dominated world of careers and they just voiced their fears to me and suddenly I just thought I should do something about this. And so I started to do my research about how many, you know, women were in senior positions and what I could do to help out, you know, young women starting out in their careers. And that's when the idea of Set Your Mark came about. And Set Your Mark is kind of play on words because it's about setting your standards high So, you know, a lot of students would find that they graduated and they found just a job because they needed the money and they just stuck in that same job, forgot about their dream about, you know, pursuing a particular career, but they thought, if I try to go for a bigger career, I might never get there. So, you know, I thought, well, I could do something about this. I could encourage them not to forget their dream and to still pursue what they wanted to pursue in the first place. The whole reason for, you know, going to university for three to four years and graduating with a degree. Why did you do that? So that's basically where the idea came from. Well, we're going to get into kind of how you structured it and what kind of value proposition that you're giving to everyone who comes on board. But I have mm-hmm. to say, one of the reasons why I love this idea so much is because um, when I I was in that exact same position, I was that grad school person, yeah. and I had moved out to Florida to finish my graduate degree, and somewhere within like a couple of months of graduating, I finally realized, like, oh, crap, I got to get a job. Yeah. <laughs> and I... I created a book that I called a dream book at the time, like my dream job book. And I just started doing research on like who has the jobs that I think would be awesome to do. And I started contacting those people. And I was like, oh, this guy's the, you know, race director of this major world-renowned triathlon. That would be kind of fun. And this person's Mm -hmm. the, you know, the coordinator for this, you know, World Travel Association. That would be really fun. And I just started like contacting all these people and just started having conversations with them and interviewing them almost and seeing what it was really, really like. And yeah. and that was awesome, except that 
um, it, I wish I would have started that like a year or two earlier yeah. because all of a sudden it was like, crap, I ran out of time and now I actually really do need to just go get a job yeah. somewhere to kind of figure it out, you know? So you're, what you're saying is exactly right is that, you know, even if you do have that mentality of like, okay, I want to, I want to have a great grandiose per- profession, mm-hmm. it's hard to stay on track for that. And, and when you have this kind of need, this worldly need to kind of go into the workforce, you know what I mean? Yes, exactly. Exactly. So do kind of an overview as to what Set Your Mark actually provides, like the services that it provides and what it actually encompasses. Okay, so one of the main things we focus on is early career women. Now, this could be women who have decided to actually go work for someone else or women who are actually launching their own business, trying to get started. So what we offer is masterclasses, and these are very small groups. We try and keep it to about 12 to 15 women. Because that way, you know, the the women can interact with the speaker, they can ask questions, it's a lot more, you know, interactive. interactive. So that's the, you know, what that's what we focus on. And one of the things we are going to be launching um, early 2016 is what I call the Set Your Mark Career Academy. And this will be where graduating women will attend the masterclass and it will be a boot camp about three to five days. And on the first day, we'll deal with their mindset, how they think, how to think when they're, you know, starting out their career launch. And then we're going to focus on how to tailor their CV to fit the job they're applying to. And then next we'll go to how to communicate, how to sell yourself um, in an interview. And finally do the fun bits of, you know, styling, how to dress for your interview, how to dress for your body, just basically doing inside out, you know, total kind of revamp for those launching in their careers. And so that's our main focus with regards to what we are doing in our services. Well, so I have to ask this because that, I mean, now that you've been doing this since 2013, so you've had a little bit of time under your belt to have gained the credibility and the reputation to now be able to launch a program like that. But I want to know, especially in the very beginning, how did you get people in, how did you get butts in the seats as somebody who had no reputation? You were just putting this together saying, hey, I've got this education that's going to be awesome for you. What strategies did you use to actually get people in the seats, get them to register, get them to pay you for the value that that you were promising to give them? And then how Mm -hmm. did you deliver that? One of the ways that I did it was through LinkedIn. I po- I would post um, posts. They they call them posts, so like a little article um, about my career journeys and you know my experience in an office. And so I started to get a following through that. And then another way I started to gain credibility was through my blog on the Set Your Mark website. And I would post these blogs and use Twitter to kind of get them out there. And people started to hear about me through that. And then another way I did it was through Meetup. So for a whole year, and we'll start that again, I would have a a meetup once a month and ladies would come and meet up for drinks, getting to know each other. And that's how I started to get people to actually come and attend my event. 
So you were building your funnel, basically. I mean, you were, you were, yes. Was, were your meetups anything other than like socializing and networking? Or did you have any, because you, your business model leads with education. So did you have any education or was it really just like, hey, like giving them a really good value to hang out with each other? And then you became kind of the center of influence. It was mainly social where you come meet like-minded women like you. And then that's when they would hear about the education because I wanted it to feel more of a more comfortable, you know, after a day at work, you just want to come and relax with people, you know, who think like you and, you know, want to progress in their career. So I, that's how I tried to keep it. And it worked for, you know, for me, it worked that way. How long did you have the meetup meetings before you actually set, like made the announcement, Hey, we're doing this class. I had it for about a year. Wow. Okay, gotcha. Yes. So you were building your following that whole time is what it, I what was, it sounds like. Wow. Yes, for a whole year, I decided to, you know, most business people would say, well, wh- when are you going to start making the money? But what I wanted to do was build that credibility and trust with people before trying to say, hey, look, this is what I have for you. Um, so it, I find that that's worked a lot better for right. the set your mark brand and you know hopefully moving forward you know we'll keep growing well let's talk about your education now um you know there's something to be said about building your following so that you have yeah. people to show up to your event mm-hmm. but then you got the whole other side of the coin which is the event and the education so yeah. what what did you do as the strategist and the owner of the, this education to make sure that your content was you know bar none the best that they would ever get and it would keep them coming back what I do is I invite experts in the field to actually come and present at these events. Uh, for example, in November, we had a PR masterclass and I invited a lady by the name of Jessica Huey, who is a huge PR lady. Um, she owns PR agency in London and she came to Oxford to present this PR masterclass. And so what I tend to do is do my research of speakers who I want to come and actually present um, whether it's a CV masterclass, whether it's a business masterclass, these the people who present are people who are at the top of their game. Gotcha. Yeah. So their name really, I mean, people would know their name or they know their credibility that's attached to that topic. Yes, yes. And I, I do a lot of research before inviting anybody to come and speak. Do you pay your speakers or do you, are, are they are they kind of like, are you offering this as an opportunity for them to kind of get in front of people and for exposure? Um, it, it works both ways. Some of them are paid, um, whereas there are others who, um, are quite happy to come and gain exposure for what they're doing. So it, it depends on the speaker. Are you using LinkedIn? Okay. Let me ask that another way. Are you really using LinkedIn in a way that truly produces results for your business? Like big time? Well, if you're anything like me and so many other businesswomen out there, you probably have a LinkedIn profile set up, but may not really do a lot with it. Or if you're actually on LinkedIn and you're active, perhaps you're not getting the results that you need. 
That's why you have got to know about LinkedIn Focus. I had the pleasure of sitting down with Niall Nickel, the founder of LinkedIn Focus, so you can see how using the right tools with the right platform can be explosive for your business. So what I love about LinkedIn Focus is that it shoves aside the 8,000 messages that you have about LinkedIn and all these strategies on how to use LinkedIn. It shoves all that aside and gets down dirty right to the point on what works, what doesn't and how you can really apply it to your business to produce results. It it absolutely does. I mean, at the bottom of the day, it's a tool. You could get really excited because you get really massive results very quickly. LinkedIn Focus is where I really try to help uh, business and individuals leverage the power of LinkedIn for their goals. If you are not getting business from LinkedIn, then LinkedIn Focus is a must. Just go to linkedinfocus.com forward slash BWR. You've spent a year building up your audience. Now you've mm-hmm. launched these master classes. Yes. What what were some of the maybe like a moment or two that you can remember as you were starting all of this this stuff that like were transformative moments for you where you kind of realized like, "Oh crap, like I own this whole thing that's happening. Like the, it's moving and it's this thing, you know? Like what can you describe like that moment when you kind of realized like, "Wow, like I am the master kind of, you know, leader of everything that's happening here. And now I need to go do this. Like, what was that? What was that moment? I think <laughs> when I actually organized my first event and someone bought a ticket, I thought, <laughs> oh no, what have I just done? I, <laughs> I got to do this. <laughs> yeah. I thought I shouldn't have done this. Why did I put myself in this position? So that was kind of the first feeling that I got and I was absolutely petrified because I thought oh my gosh what if it doesn't work what if people don't enjoy themselves but I had to quickly change my mind the the way I was thinking and I I thought you know what I'm just gonna go for it and I went for it and it was a success so yeah (laughs) that was my first experience now how often are you putting on master classes um this year we're looking to do two okay so, so do two throughout the year yes um we're gonna do two throughout the year and then perhaps increase um over the next few years but we just want to start small and then grow so what what is your can you explain a little bit about like your financial structure so um as far as a business model goes like you, people are paying for tickets so you know they have to invest in their education that's one way that your business uh, makes money are there yeah. are there sponsor spots for these are there other ways that you're like monetizing the event that works well for you um i think with regards to sponsorship that's something we're still working on as we gain credibility because we found that a lot of um sponsors want to know you well enough before they actually pay for you know for what you're putting up um one way we've been able to monetize it is that i'm finding a lot of european companies wanting to launch i'm originally from kenya uh, wanting to launch their businesses in Kenya. So we've launched um, a strategist for a lot of these companies, helping them launch. So that's how we kind of gain our sponsorship for our events in the UK. So d- explain that again. I don't know if I caught all of that. So you have you have companies who are wanting to launch in different in different countries? 
in in Africa especially. Gotcha. So, for instance, we have a a European management um, firm in Oxford who want to host who host yearly global business events, and they wanted to attract some of the businessmen and women in Kenya and in the African continent. So, I've worked as a strategist to help them bring you know, participants to their program. Gotcha. So that, that, that has helped in ways of sponsoring events and masterclasses that I'm hosting in the UK. Gotcha. Yeah. And then you were also telling me earlier about the kind of the liaison role that an advisory role that you've played to uh, universities out there too for international students. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes, um, there is um Obviously, there's a lot of international students that are interested in coming to universities in the UK or colleges in the UK. And a lot of times they don't know how <laughs> to get started and they're not very familiar with the UK-based ba- education system. So we act as the middle person between the college and the student by helping them get you know, their paperwork ready with regards to their visas. We let them know the kind of information they need. This is the student. Um, we help them get accommodation. And then with regards to the college, we um, basically uh, look at the student. We do not bring them any sort of student. We test the students, get to know them to ensure that they won't be a problem student when they do come to the college in the United (laughs) Kingdom. (laughs) You got to check their criminal background, right? (laughs) (laughs) Not just the criminal background, but you know. Um, you know, we just want to ensure that they're not a student who's just going to come here and, you know, disappear in the system or just not really perform as they've stated in their application. Right. What yeah. What do you think has been one of the toughest things that you've really experienced as the owner of this company um, as it's really progressed over these years? Um, I think one of the hardest times was obviously being a younger woman and trying to explain what you're doing, I found that a lot of people would question my ability and really wonder what I knew, why I was doing this, that I hadn't been in the game long enough. So I really had to, you know, stretch myself. And one of the things I did, I went back into college to gain um, a higher national diploma in business, just to, you know, broaden my knowledge and also to give me that extra credibility to why I'm doing the business. Mm. Have you seen that impact how you approach your business already? I have. And it's been such a positive impact on how I'm working the business. Um, I find a lot more people are willing to listen. And also, you know, it's really broadening my knowledge. And I feel with this, um, you know, business degree, I can even give a better service to my future clients. Right. You know, yeah. I mean, in so many ways, you really are like an event-driven business. And and the challenging thing about that, I would imagine, is that especially when you're doing like two major events throughout a year, yeah. you're, I mean, you have to be very organized and diligent about how, how you're spending each of your days so that they yes. add up to this big event, right? So yes. how, how do you organize yourself? Like what are some of the greatest habits that you have cultivated that really help you organize in order to produce two big events a year you know I think planning 
is extremely important. You need to plan ahead. And that's something I do. I really sit down and I write a plan, you know, months coming up to the event. And then I also try and surround myself with people. I don't do it all myself. So I have, you know, a great group of people helping me out at the events. And also, you know, just being organized, ensuring that I've got everything in place, giving it enough time. Um, my job at the university really gave me the keeping to deadline skills. So I'm really good with keeping to deadlines. And so that that's a major thing. You have to plan, especially if you're having two major events. Do you... Do you rec uh, recommend any particular type of tool or, uh, you know, application or anything like that, that that you use foundationally that really works well for you? Um, I really wasn't great. I mean, I use my calendar um, on, you know, the iPad with, and it pops up. <laughs> You know, you just make sure it, to put it in. This is you on this sure date. Put it in. Yes. And it has a, a ringer to it. So and then I also just buy the ordinary, you know, paper planner that you can put on the wall and have the different color coordinated, you know, just the simple stuff. Um, I, I try not to make it too complicated. Yeah. What about what about budgeting? And I ask this because um Especially for event planning, I need. I know I keep going back to this, but especially for event planning, there's a lot of um, like, you know, your cash flow is not always so even. It's like you get a ton of cash when a lot of tickets are being bought, um, yeah. and then it's like cash poor on a month that you know no events are happening. So how what how do you manage your budgets, and what sort of tools do you use, or what sort of you know, habits or things have worked well for you in, in being able to, to maintain a budget that works for your business? Um, well, what we do is we, you know, we have the budget for the bigger events, but in between the big events, we have, you know, the smaller type, you know, individual coaching that we do that brings in that little income. And then also we we d I don't have a, a, a physical office. I have what is called a virtual office. I don't know if you have that in the States. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Lots okay. of people with virtual offices. Yes. Yes. And so working from home really saves on costs. You know, we use Skype. Um, we try and save on costs in other ways. Um, you know, instead of having the bigger office, we all work from home. Right. And then we can communicate by Skype, which is mostly free. So that's how we're able to keep our costs very low as well. Now, um, how about the meetups? Are you still doing the meetups or did you did you stop those once you kind of got your classes rolling? Um, but I am looking into perhaps doing meetups maybe four times a year so that those who've attended the master classes can come together maybe for dinner or um, a few drinks or a fun event evening. So that's kind of where we're going with regards to the meetups. Debbie, where do you see Set Your Mark going? Because there's, there's, I mean, you're just in the beginning phases of yeah. really building this business. You have, for the past, you know, almost two years, you've really done such an awesome job of putting all these pieces together and offering mm -hmm. something very high quality. And it's really a time game in your business. And yeah. you really just have to push through and keep on adding value, keep on having these great events, keep on having people come through it that swear by you and your brand. Yeah. Um, where do you see this going? What's your vision for it? My vision for this would be to go global. 
<laughs> you what, know. What does that mean for you? Does that mean like actually having locations around in different countries or does that mean having like like digital education available or all of the um, above? <laughs> Um, I would say definitely one thing I want to do is launch an office in Kenya for the African market Mm -hmm. and also start programs for, you know, the women out there because it's so different to what is here in the West. So my big dream is to have a program set up, you know, in Kenya, but also for the African market. And another thing is definitely have online programming as well, where people can just log in and, you know, view the classes online, you know, and just do it from the comfort of their homes. Right. So yes, that's where you see it going. And um, what do you do I mean, you're, I know you're going to college now. I know you're kind of getting this business education. But I mm-hmm. think on top of that academic education, what do you do to make sure you're kind of staying on top of your game, to make sure that you are, as much as you can possibly do, working on top of your business and being strategic about where your business is going and keeping sharp as an entrepreneur? What are you doing? Um, with regards to my business or mm-hmm. me personally? Uh, well, I guess it hits all the way around. I mean... Yeah, I mean, all of the above, everything. Okay. Um, I I love to read. Mm-hmm. So one of the things I do is read a lot of personal development books. Um, Any one also, in particular that you want to mention that's a favorite of yours? A favorite, a favorite is by Dale Carnegie, How to Win, win Friends, friends and, influence and Influence People. Yes. Love that book. That I, I mean, I love it. I'm planning on reading it again. Um, so I read books like that. I try my best to attend um, conferences and events uh, that I can attend. Um, I like, um, oh, what's her name? Terry Savelle Foy. Love listening to her podcasts. I'm hoping to attend one of her events ne- um, either this year or next year. Another thing I do too, which is very important, I try and get myself some rest. Because I think one thing you'll find so many entrepreneurs just work so hard, they forget to take time for themselves. And that's something I try to do every single week is to take some time so that I can refuel so that my mind can rest to start a new week again. I agree with you. Totally Mm -hmm. agree with you. Yeah. On the days on on the the weeks that um that like I'll take the weekend and, and just work because I have to work through stuff. I yeah. am the biggest witch on Mondays. Let me just tell you. <laughs> I'm I like, know. I'm so, I'm horrible. I'm like, ah, it's, I'm like, Mama Bear didn't get her sleep. That's what I feel yeah. like. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And I, I know what I get like. If I haven't had enough rest, if I haven't had enough sleep, I'm no good to the world. So I just <laughs> had to pretty much just, you know, figure that out and decided, you know what, Debbie, Give yourself a break. It's okay. You'll catch up soon. So, yeah. Well, Debbie, I want to thank you so much for being on the show and for sharing your story. Um, I I just, I I love what you've built. And I love even more that you're just at the beginning of of what's truly potential for, for your business and what you've created. So thanks so much for sharing. Oh, thank you so much, Katie. It was a pleasure. My favorite takeaway from that conversation is how much importance she gave to taking time off and going and refueling. My goodness, I cannot tell you how important that is. I know we all know it intellectually, 
Um, and I know that, um, you know, we even know it when our bodies are totally run down, but it's such an important thing to live by. And um, and I just really appreciated that that she kind of honed that in and brought that home. So um, I hope you really enjoyed this conversation. There's so many interesting things about Debbie's business and how it's done. And once again, just the vantage point of, of where it is right now versus where I know she's going to be in the future. It's just awesome and really exciting to kind of get her in this moment. Um, have an awesome day. I can't wait to see you on the next episode. Mm-hmm.